0: Uh thanks for hanging out with us. We are uh, so happy that Akua Ellis is joining us. She is the Senior Vice President of Community Impact at Greater Twin Cities United Way. Akua, thank thanks. you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's pleasure to meet you all virtually. Yeah. yeah. I know it. That is the way it is. Normally, you would be in studio, but that it. feels like months ago. Or it really yes. does. It uh, does. So, Akua... We need your help. Can you give us some? (laughs) We just need your help.
1: (laughs) Um, You know, I've been really fortunate because some of our listeners have been suggesting people to talk to in our community and in different um, organizations that might be helpful to help people understand the systematic racism that has been going on in the Twin Cities forever and in our our country. And um, Kelly was fortunate enough today to... um, Say that you would be someone that we should really talk to because you um you know maybe give everybody a little background on your role with the uh, greater twin cities united way sure uh so uh as svp of community
2: impact uh, for united way i'm responsible for all of our grant making uh, systems change and advocacy and coalition work, uh, as well as operations of our 2-in-1 7 resource helpline. And all of that work is in service to uh, a focus on household security, educational success, and economic opportunity.
1: That's a, that's a that's lot. That's a lot of work. A, I know it. I know, it. <laughs> I know <laughs> it. I have a tremendous team to help drive it all. That That's good. So, uh, you know, as
0: a leader and, and person of color focusing on helping people in the Twin Cities who do experience injustice and, equi- and inequities. W- w- share with us, you know, just your point of view on what we all saw happen last week with the murder of George Floyd.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, you know, even more specific than being a person of color, I'm, I'm African-American. so I'm a black woman. I'm a black mom. Uh, mom of a a son who is cute and squishy Mm -hmm. uh, and thoughtful (laughs) and empathic and also larger uh, than most kids his age. And it's hard for me sometimes uh, to think about what this world will be like for him when he's no longer cute and squishy uh, but seen as a threat. Uh, And so what people saw play out on the news and on social media over and over again was uh, my worst nightmare and an all-too-familiar scene. Mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, you know, the racism itself is not new. What's new is uh, our ability to capture it in real time uh, and not have it be a, a he-said-she-said said kind of conversation, uh, but to have uh, vis- visual evidence um, of injustice and just inhumane uh, treatment. You also saw indifference. Yes, uh, no among, among the, the, the peers of, of, of that officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what I would say is what we've seen in the last week in response to that video uh, and the delay in arresting any officer uh, mm-hmm. is really the straw that broke the camel's back. Are you all able to hear yeah. yeah. me okay? Yeah, oh, yeah we yeah, are, you are here. Yeah, we're just listening.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it did um, seem like so,
0: that. You know, like it was just oh, enough. Yeah. How many times do we have to see this? And and you know, and not just the 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 death, uh, but
2: the arrogance that is required to do something so gruesome in broad daylight in front of your colleagues, in front of the general public. Mm-hmm. Um, just the just depraved indifference for his life uh, was just too much. Uh, to bear. And I think he, uh, Mr. Floyd, represents the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, you know, this has been building over centuries. Someone, I uh, recently came upon uh, a history of state sanctioned violence against black bodies uh, from the beginning of time. And you know, there's a lot of similarities between what we have seen in recent history uh, and the playbook that has has spanned has uh, the existence of, of our country. And so this is not new. What's new is our ability uh, to to own the narrative in some instances uh, and an unwillingness to just sit still. You know, I think uh, some of what we're experiencing in terms of the unrest is a battle between folks who have felt oppressed and been oppressed for centuries and those who are committed to maintaining their ability to to be oppressors. I was at a rally recently, and uh, Valerie Castile, the mother of Philando Castile, mm-hmm. shared that she mentioned, and I remember this after the verdict of uh, the officer who killed her son, she cautioned us that if we don't make systemic change, this will happen again. Uh, and and it has happened all across the country uh, and right here in our own backyard um, and for all of us to see. Um, and we can't look away.
1: No, I, you're right. And um, thank you so much for sharing, you know, your experience and your knowledge with us. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Akua Ellis. She's Senior Vice President of Community Impact at the Greater Twin Cities United Way. You know, this is a question um, that feels weird to ask you. But what does Black Lives Matter mean to you?
2: Sure. So there's a a broader movement, a decentralized movement that is Black Lives Matter. But I'll talk to you about what the phrase means to me, because I think it gets mixed up often. um, And I don't know how much of that is willful uh, resistance to honoring the notion and how much it's just a misunderstanding. So what I will say is the phrase Black Lives Matter uh, to me means it's a demand. I demand that you treat me as though my life matters. It's a plea. Please see my humanity.
1: And it's an affirmation. I do matter.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yep.
1: Thank you for saying, I mean, Well, yeah. well
0: We were just, we were had been talking for you, got on the air that we were like so happy, like that Billie Eilish just fired off to all of her Insta people about this all lives matter. Like just shut oh, the goodness. hell up. It doesn't, you know, like going to the breast cancer walk and yelling, all cancer matters. You know, it's like just, I, I love it when, that we were having a lot of, um, you know, younger people of influence who are really speaking up and, you know, demanding change also. It's so important. Yeah, it really is. What can we do, Akua? How can white people be better allies to people of color? How much time do we have? No, we got
2: time. We got time.
0: time.
2: (laughs) You know, there are a couple of things, and one is a a really nice segue to this this last point uh, that was made, in that my sense when I'm applying a a lens of empathy to the the response of others who would would say all lives matter in response to Black Lives Matter is that it is a diminishing Mm -hmm. of a unique experience. Mm -hmm. And it's often, in my observation... Um, in service to resisting uh, change, it will change, yeah. but also it's resisting an uncomfortable conversation. Mm. yeah it's resisting reckoning with an uncomfortable truth. And so one of the things, a very simple thing that uh, your listeners can do and, and and other white folks can do uh, is to resist the urge to minimize uncomfortable conversation. I can't tell you how many times I've sat around tables with major decision makers or policymakers, uh, where the work is is focused on equity in name, but the moment the the topic of race and, and more specifically, racial inequality or oppression, it comes up. It goes over like a lead balloon. Right.
0: You know, we've
2: gotten really good at using the term equity. It's, it's, it's become somewhat of a buzzword for some folks or you feel Mm -hmm. obligated to speak to it without any real commitment to the notion, which is sharing of power, which is, you know, listening to those who are directly impacted by whatever change it is that you're trying to create and leveraging their lived experience to inform the work going forward. We have lots of people with lots of fancy degrees and expertise Academically, or maybe even in practice, but not necessarily on the receiving end of that practice, who are making decisions for folks who have answers but lack access to resources, lack access to an ear, lack access to a platform. And so, one really tangible way to be an ally is to just listen, mm. to resist the urge to defend yourself, don't be defensive. To honor someone else's experience, lean into curiosity. Use the discomfort as information for, for where you've got more learning to do. We yeah. all have more. Like oh. I'm constantly learning. I'm not oh. a uh, an expert at all, mm-hmm. right? And I, uh, but but I'm curious.
1: This, those, that just makes so much sense. But Lori and I know, like our shows have been really difficult. I mean, this is a really difficult time because we don't have. Um, not that we don't have. It's it's a difficult conversation well, we're, to have. We're, we're, yeah,
0: it, it, we're usually, you know, just entertainment, pop culture, and we're yeah. not really, mm-hmm. you know, that serious focus. But everyone, you know, needs to get serious and focus and have the conversation and demand the change. And, you know, I I don't know if this will be one of the steps, but... I mean, we damn sure need to get out and vote and vote in local elections because the, a lot of the policy Absolutely. that starts starts at a local level yeah. and it matters who gets elected. Absolutely.
2: Uh, one of the things that I would just put on the radar for your listeners and, and for yourselves as well is the people of color indigenous caucus as a Minnesota legislature is pulling together a set of policy ideas that have been vetted for community and various. Um, various processes uh, that reflect a really sound foundation for systemic change, for creating the recourse for folks to stand up for themselves and be heard, and and, and drive meaningful, lasting, positive change.
1: Mm-hmm. And and this so is I would. This is something that's going to be. Ha- can you say that again? The be the first part. I'm sorry, Akua. How would we? Oh, sure. So the the people of color and indigenous mm-hmm. legislator caucus is putting together a set of legislation, and that's something
2: um, that they'll be sharing more broadly as okay. as it comes uh, into a clearer picture. And that's something that everyone who's listening, when they see that comes, first of all, be looking for it. Uh, Senator Hayden, Senator Jeff Hayden, would be a good person to, to watch for that information. Uh as it comes through, call your legislators. Call your local elected officials and tell them that you're that you want to demand that they make change.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We, you know power can see nothing will. without a demand. We need to demand yeah. that that happen.
0: Yeah, it's 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 so true. And it is kind of amazing. I know President Obama put out his second statement uh, today and he, you know, Again, he's, you know, basically the same thing is that we do. It is starting at the local level is so important because otherwise it's just nothing happens. And that is one of the places where we make change. And, you know, we do need to rally everybody Mm -hmm. for that and that we all have to demand and speak up for that. uh, Those changes and those inequalities to be addressed and if we have to do it that way then that that is that's what we got to do no more looking away
2: i want to make absolutely i I think you're absolutely right two more um tangible suggestions that i would offer is uh, when so i've had lots of opportunity uh, to lead conversations around racial equity with largely white um, organizations or groups and the thing that i would uh, just remind people is that safety, so we talk about safe conversations, safety and discomfort are not, uh, or safety and comfort are not the same thing. So people will say, like, I need a safe space. And sure. what, what often is meant by that or implied by that is you need me, you need to make me comfortable in this conversation. Mm-hmm. And when we're centering the comfort of people who are who are in charge, who are part of the dominant culture, we're absolutely working at cross-purposes with our stated goal. Sure.
0: Yep. Yeah.
3: To the gym to work out
0: pretty sure that's j-lo and p.s the person behind
3: all of this is chris jenner
0: llc we drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends
3: blinded by the item listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the blinded by the item youtube channel thank you for the opportunity
0: absolutely we're gonna keep your number and i hope we can talk to you again and and just appreciate it And uh, let, let's keep moving forward for justice, and we appreciate it, and we'll Thanks. be right back. Uh, of course, that is the late, great uh, Marvin Gaye, and that album came out uh, in May of 1971, and the album was called What's Going On. It had great songs like Mercy, Mercy Me. And it's a great album. It's a great it's album. A great album. Uh, Rolling Stone recognized it as the seventh most celebrated album in popular music history. And uh, the narrative on all the songs that are on that album are basically told from the point of view of a Vietnam veteran returning to his home country to witness hatred, suffering, and, and injustice. And Marvin Gaye's lyrics explore the themes of drug use, abuse, poverty, the Vietnam War. And he's also credited with, promoting awareness of ecological issues before the public outcry over them became prominent. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting with the song um, how it happened, the conception of the song. So while traveling with this tour bus uh, with the four tops on in May of nineteen sixty nine, four tops member Ronaldo Obi Benson witnessed an act of police brutality and violence committed on anti-war press protesters who'd been protesting at Berkeley's People's People Park and what was later called Bloody Thursday. And Benson later told an author that was doing a book on uh, on him, I saw this and I started wondering what was going on, what is happening here? And um basically why why are we sending kids far away from their home why are they attacking their own kids in the street and returning to detroit motown songwriter al cleveland wrote and composed the song based on his conversations with obi benson of what he'd seen in berkeley benson sent the song to the four tops but the bandmates turned it down oh they did my partner said it's a protest song. I said, No, man, it's a love song. It's a love song about loving and understanding. I'm not protesting. I'm not, I want to understand what's going on. So Obi Benson from The Four Tops offers the song to Marvin Gaye. Uh, they had gone they had a golf game together, and um Obi played the song to Marvin on his guitar, and um Benson, he convinced Gaye that it was his song and the uh, singer responded by asking for partial recording credit, oh, which OB allowed, and then uh, they added a little musical composition, and they added some melody and lyrics to confirm, to, so Marvin Gaye could express his disgust. Yeah. Also, so it, they it really was he he tweaked and enriched the song, but so that, that is the a, song that is quite a great song, isn't it? That I is mean, really yeah. is yeah. Um, Okay, so, um, all right, boy, t- talk about someone who has absolutely just been on, on fire, uh, Don Lemon from CNN. He called out um, specifically on his show, I think it was yesterday, um very impassioned he basically called on uh, Hollywood elite black Hollywood the wealthiest people in the world he's like where are you you've got young people putting yourselves on the Mm -hmm. on the line and he said there's been so much strange silence and he revealed he didn't reveal the names, but he did say a number of people have declined to appear on his program to talk about the protests. Mm. He said, a lot of people I asked to come on the show to talk about this. Wealthy celebrities, wealthy political people. They said, oh, I can't do it. I'm mad. I don't want people to see me mad. It might hurt my business. Or I'm so upset I had to go to my country house. I just can't do it. And he's like, <laughs> oh. "He's like, where are you? Why aren't you fighting If for right? these young people? If you don't do it now, when are you going to do it? If you're a millionaire or a gazillionaire? or a movie star or a politician, you don't step up now, when the hell are you going mm-hmm. to do it? Then he specifically asked a number of celebrities to use their visibility, although he apologized in, a, in advance if they had, in fact, openly spoken out. Uh, and it we don't know which people turned uh, CNN down to be on the channel, but he called out Ellen DeGeneres, he called out Oprah Winfrey, mm-hmm. he called out Drake. Um, and uh, it's... It's interesting. Now, now, Oprah did, you know, did. release a statement a couple days ago, but Ellen, um, she's she's she must have been listening to CNN because she got right out there. Oh, she
1: did. Okay, oh, yeah.
0: Good. Yeah. Well, just saying, you know, said she was making a donation to a couple of things, but I, I do think that that is true. That people
1: don't worry about your flipping brand. No. You know, who the heck cares? I feel like nothing matters anymore about businesses. I mean, I think, like, we're all raw. We've been... Julia, I'm telling you, it. I right? was uh,
0: on Facebook. I just had to express what I was feeling. No, I, yep. I really was. And, I, and and people were like, oh, I don't want you to get Sven guarded, you know, and have the station, you know, let, let you go. I thought you guys aren't supposed to talk about politics. And we really... We don't, as a general rule, mm-hmm. you know, talk about politics. But this, the personal, is politics. It is not a time to be quiet. I don't view it as that I'm being some kind of bravery or whatever mm-hmm. on on Facebook. It, it is how I feel, and there were, a, I would say, ten percent of the people. You know, got mad at me, and I just got spicy back, and um, it, and was, it was quite something to read over the weekend. Yeah, I, have it, say, I, I have to say, I have to say, and <laughs> I even, I even, you know, one of the people that reached out to me that was very worried about me, he confessed. You know, he said, "I'm a Trump supporter, but I don't go out loud on Facebook because I just don't." He said, "You girls are a great joy and entertainment. I don't right. want." you getting fired and i just said i wish i could clone you i'm not going to get fired right. our station believes in free speech and it's our personal page and if someone doesn't like us The Verns and the Karens can unfriend us or we will block you. One or or the other. Or they can send us a card
1: like a woman did to me today to tell me how much I suck. See, there you go. It can be done in many different ways. (laughs)
0: Right.
1: (laughs) All right, listen, when we came back, when we come back, um,
0: oh my gosh, uh, Jane Fonda was on CNN last night and she was just. Oh, that is such a great song. That is Janelle Monae singing Americans from her 2018 concept album, dirty computer, great album. And it's uh kind of one of those born in the USA type protest songs. If you're not listening closely to the lyrics, you can mistake it for a patriotic song. But in reality, the song is a expose of several systemic issues uh, that plague America, racism, gender inequality, homophobia, Immigration policies and police brutality and it's most of those points are more into the song where it's high there's a spoken word bridge. Right. But that is a great, great song if you um uh wanna listen to the whole thing, it's Americans by Janelle Monet. So that is what is going on, and somebody um uh David Schumann yesterday he tweeted um just, I don't know, I was really following kind of what was going on with the two protests. And yeah. I it seemed like Twitter and just looking at the different reporters and just trying to keep up in real time. It was happening. He said this is the best protest T-shirt that he saw. And it said uh, on the front of this guy's T-shirt, dream like Martin, lead like Harriet, fight like Malcolm, think like Garvey, write like Maya, Build Like Madam, CJ. She did the hair. Mm-hmm. Um, speak Like Frederick, as in Douglas. Uh, educate Like W.E.B. Dubois. Mm-hmm. Believe Like Thurgood, or mm-hmm. Seth Marshall. Challenge Like Rosa, and Inspire Like Obama. Oh,
1: that that's was, a great shirt. Isn't
0: that a great t-shirt? Yeah. So I was just like, damn, where do I get one of those? So I haven't gotten around to Googling that, but no, right? that was kind of a cool t-shirt. And then Jane Fonda, and unfortunately they had to break in... Um, Don Lemon was talking to her last night, so she was a celebrity. And it wasn't
1: because we launched a, a rocket in the sky. Because when that news kept coming on this weekend, oh, I'm like, "Go, SpaceX!" Go home.
0: Oh, I just go fast-forwarded home. every single damn time that came. <laughs> I just
1: felt like, do you know what's going on right now? Yeah, ain't nobody got care. time for that. There's so, no one alive up there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so
0: Jane Fonda answered the call uh, to CNN, and she was really, um, you know, uh, she was wearing a black beret. She had a black turtleneck on and, of course, Jane Fonda was a radical in the 60s and 70s. I know there are some people who still hate her yes. for what happened in the Vietnam War, but they need to get over themselves because she's apologizing. It is She writes in her autobiography, or her memoir, her biggest regret. Oh, of course. Of her life. Oh, her life. Sitting on that. um, She's very open about it. Very open. But I mean,
1: just has been for years. But she, you know,
0: worked to end the Vietnam War. She's been active in reproductive rights, civil rights, social justice causes for decades. Well, that Um, was the whole basis of the Jane Fonda workouts. Yes. The whole reason she started doing Jane Fonda workout videotapes. Was raising money, right? Was raising money. She donated it all. Yeah. I I did not know that. Oh, yeah. And she's been, you I know, the fire know drill that. Fridays. Yeah. Yeah. You yes, know, she's yes, been yes, arrested yes. a gazillion times. And she told Don Lemon, we're in a very important moment. We have an election coming. We have a pandemic crisis. We have a climate crisis. We have a race crisis. And we have a choice to make. And um, a lot of people were just, maybe they were just happy to have something shallow for a minute, but people were loving Jane's Beret. Oh yeah. Um, And, and, uh, and then other people of course, were questioning why we need to hear from her. And so thankfully a lot of people educated people on just how she has always been an ally to disenfranchised people and, and those communities. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, she's been long doing it since the sixties, you know, and also, uh, Before uh, people got too crazy, people were reminding uh, the haters that Jane used to lend her home to Black Panthers hiding from the FBI. And she adopted the daughter of one after the child's parents were arrested. And um, just there was a lot of Jane. I didn't
1: know that either. Going
0: over the hate. But and she was really, you know, really. I was just kind of riveted at watching her. And then Don Lemon is like, they had to cut to Minneapolis. I don't know if it was the truck or right. anyway, they cut away from her, but um, just, uh, and of course she was talking about also the fact, you know, how this has swept the nation because Beverly Hills, Rodeo Drive, uh, Melrose and Fairfax, Santa Cruz last night, Soho. I mean, yep. there isn't one state that hasn't had protests it's across the pond you know people are in solidarity
1: yeah it's It's time yeah i need a change if you
0: want to know where people's hearts are i feel like that is like the whole world is rising up and if you aren't you're you're going to be left behind because you're not on the right side of anything
1: I'm just saying. I know. And I th- you're you know. so, that's it's so true. So, I just, you yeah, know, yeah. we have at my, t- on our show page, there's a list of resources and of different ways that people can, people are wanting to know what can I do if you don't have money to donate. Mm-hmm. But if, I just want to hit on that again, you talked about at the beginning of our show, Lori, that the donations um, to the businesses destroyed by the looters and rioters in, in Minneapolis on Lake Street have surpassed 2 million. They're going to need a gob more, of course, but that's a great start. Um, Twenty seven thousand different individuals have gone online and made a donation. Is this is the we love Lake Street. Yep. Or you can go to Give Minnesota, and then it's Lake Street Council. So that's that's one way that people are, um, and the organization can't. I wonder are they doing the same thing for like Midway and University? That because there we are need a to, lot oh, of, of little, so
0: many little family or individually owned. Uh, places over there. Right. I'm going to look
1: that up. We don't have the answer to that yet. You know, I will say that, and I'll retweet this out. There are a lot of good
0: Google Docs that have been created by people that share tons of resources. So I am saying that, so let's see, Neighbors United Funding Collaborative is uh, helping Midway and Union Park small businesses and nonprofit communities rebuild their storefronts. So there are entities out there that are helping the Midway and that are helping neighborhoods in St. Paul. So I'm going to retweet this, and okay. you'll be able to find the resources there.
1: Thank you, Holly. Yes. Thank you very And much. also, um, you know, Target, they're talking about, they've had, you know, stores completely destroyed. They're still closed. Some of the, many of the other stores are still closed, but they plan to pay the displaced employees, um, For up to 14 days, it's something Mm -hmm. um, during this unrest where they figure out what they're going to do, if they're going to reopen the stores or, you know, because they've been. My friend, when um, my neighbor went down there and she said when they went into the Target, they just stepped into like a half a foot of water Mm -hmm. and just, you know, trying to get all the um, the trash out of the parking lots and everything. And it's just. Our
0: buddy Tony
1: Zuccardi from Palmer's Bar yes. was on with uh, John King from
0: CNN this morning. I know Holly, you couldn't have seen it because you were on the air, but I, I watched him and uh, he was right on at uh, at eleven o five, and he said in the Cedar Riverside, and of course that's you know a lot of Somalian, and oh, yeah, all independently owned businesses and stuff. They've been standing guard. For basically yeah, I, three nights.
1: I actually saw and that. they've been doing yeah. that in
0: other neighborhoods and other places to protect the businesses because there was this worry that the uh, the the bad actors, if you will, um that that could be intent on going after the places that uh have Black Lives Matter or sure. black owned or minority sure. owned. So they've been um you know, standing guard. But I was just, like, so happy to see Tony. He was inside Palmer's, and the ham's bear was behind him. And, you know, he just was, uh, he's just such a great guy. And I, it was just, I was glad that, you know, John King, that they're reaching out, because Palmer's is only, like, a mile from.
1: No, I know. You I, know,
0: where, the, where everything happened, mm-hmm. and there was so much uh, destruction and that kind of thing. So,
1: and this was kind of, this was a nice, it's a Hollywood angle, but Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds gave $200,000 to ACP to help the legal defense fund. N-double-A-C-P, I know. I, I was going to say that, but my brain, I'm, I'm really off. So I want to apologize. Um, yeah. How much money? $200,000 um, to help people fight in the legal funds. If people have been arrested over the George Floyd protests. So that's. Wonderful. Yeah.
0: Chrissy Teigen did the same thing. 200,000. Yeah. 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 No, it, it's, it's very, it's very good. Um, and, he, because the people will, will, will need that, you know, because there were people that were like, okay, I'm going to be arrested. I'm just going to, you know, I'm that, that was the plan, mm-hmm. you know, to be arrested. Sometimes. Exactly.
1: And they said, you know, we've never had to worry about preparing our children for different rules of law. Or what might happen if we're pulled over in the car. We don't know what it's like to experience that life day in and day out. And we can't imagine feeling that kind of fear and anger, which I think this is hitting me hard. We're ashamed that in the past we've allowed ourselves to be uninformed about how deeply rooted systematic racism is. We, That's
0: from Blake. And- this is
1: Blake. And, the, um, them, and you know, we want to educate ourselves about other people's experiences and talk to our kids about all of it, mm-hmm. especially in their own community. So... Yeah, that was good.
0: Somebody uh, said something to me on Facebook about why don't you go back to talking about the Kardashians? And then, several several people just say, "Well, let's talk about it because Kim Kardashian has become a, an advocate yep. for social justice Change. and prison yes. reform." And so they put all the you know kind of this uh, you know kind of a whole th- thing about everything that Kim has done, and she did issue. A statement on I think it was maybe Friday on Instagram to her 173 million followers. Wow, um, that was a very very poignant and that just you know that she's angry and more than angry, infuriated, disgusted, exhausted, and um, she wants to use her voice to amplify the voices of. And it was really well well said, and I'm glad she's keeping Kanye out of it out of it
1: oh same
0: <laughs> because we don't need any kanye ramblings no. right now he write your music kanye be a dad to your kids and you know like i feel she's, like she's
1: good at she that she's good. a good communicator she
0: really is she really is lady gaga also uh she a lot uh of things you know she she did an instagram uh she only has 42 million followers so just like looking at the difference oh wow oh, no i know <laughs> i, know, I know. Wow. Like kim kardashian yeah. 173 yeah. and you know but uh so lady gaga she she um uh, was very um poignant i won't tell you what j-lo said julia because don't she? Oh, was She bugs you, and, and she has more followers on Insta than Lady Gaga. What? what one hundred and twenty-three. Tell there. me what
1: she said. Did She say Alex and I. No, no. Should, sure
0: she. This is. She didn't. She didn't. She quoted. Uh, you know Martin Luther King. Um, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And I just, yeah. for me, the poignancy of that is just thinking how long ago that was.
1: And yet how relevant and it is right now.
0: Still the same damn thing. Mm-hmm. So
1: anyway, she she uh, had that to say.
0: And then, um, as I said earlier, that um, uh, President Obama uh, puts put out uh, his second statement about, and it was published on Medium today addressing the protests nationwide. And his message overall stressed the importance of voting participating in politics at the local level where decisions on ground level, criminal justice and police practices are formed. He writes, the bottom line is if we want to bring about real change, then the choice isn't between protest and politics. We have to do both. Right. We have to mobilize to raise awareness. We have to organize, cast our ballots to make sure we elect candidates who act on reform. And in his post, he also requested people not excuse violence, not rationalize violence, or participate in it. And then he his posts linked up to a toolkit developed by the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights that was based on a task force uh, that Obama formed when he was, you know, the current president, and also to resources at the Obama foundation to help young activists sustain the momentum by channeling their energy into concrete action. So Great. That statement is everywhere yeah. um and uh, he also called out you know police in cities like Camden and Flint where you know they took they kneeled they took a stand and so it was very reasonable and ah, there's a little bob Marley and of course this song came out night 1973 get up stand up and uh, marley wrote this song while touring haiti according to his girlfriend deeply moved by the poverty in the lives of the haitians and uh it was usually in a bob marley concert was the last song performed Mm -hmm. uh it was the last song marley ever performed on stage on september 23rd 1980 and on his dvd live at the hollywood bowl artist ben harper Relates a childhood experience in which during the 1978 Bob Marley concert, Peter Tosh showed up unannounced as the song was being performed, took the microphone from Marley and started singing oh. the last verse of the th- song. And Tosh was on tour opening for the Rolling Stones at the time. So, um,
1: that's a cool story. And in,
0: it was re recorded and re released, you know, it's uh, it's been, um, Because Tosh was involved in recording the album before Bob Marley died. But um, in 1988, the song was performed live, for people who might remember this, at the Amnesty International Concert for Human Rights. What year was that, Laura? 1988, and it was Springsteen, Sting, Peter Gabriel, Tracy Chapman, and Yuso Dinor. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Okay. um, uh, Anyway... A lot of, lot of people have covered this song, but just kind of, you know, good another good song for mm-hmm. us to be uh, singing. Also, yes. um, I mean, this kind of, this is unbelievable. I mean, uh, record store like The Electric Fetus, they just reopened right. last Wednesday. And uh, they are letting us know on Tuesday, June 2nd, Electric Fetus will be closed in solidarity with The Show Must Be Paused. Blackout Tuesday yes. Music Industry Initiative. And it was created by two black women in music in observance of the longstanding racism that it exists from the boardroom to the boulevard. Yep. So they'll. They're,
1: they're going to participate. Yeah. Um, it's. Um, I love it disconnect from work and reconnect with your community. I mean that's just kind of amazing. Yep. They've been
0: off all this time and stuff. Yep. So that's that's like uh, I I like that. And uh um anyway, that's kind of that's that's something that we know. Um also um the other thing that we know, I was struck in watching um George Floyd's brother speaking out on GMA. He traveled as you said to Minneapolis to the yep. site where his brother Um, was murdered and he, George did ask him about the violent protests and he just, he said, uh, you know, George was about peace and unity and that the violent protests would, you know, he was afraid to overshadow what was really going on. And, um, he said, um, that's just not my brother was about. So I think, um he he seemed very emotional and he was sitting right next to the family lawyer and they both had their masks on because they were yes. just sitting there, you know, side by side. And, but I just, you just felt for him, you know, and Here, here's
1: a little bit about George Floyd. Um, you know, before what we all witnessed a week ago, he was born in, in Fayette, North Carolina, went to Houston with his mom when he was really young was raised in a housing project in the Third Ward, a historically black neighborhood, went to um, the elementary school, Frederick Douglass Elementary School, and his second grade teacher's name um, was Winnell Sexton. And after she heard about George Floyd's um, death, she posted on Facebook, effects, simile. I mean, when's the last time we heard that mm. word? Um, of her pupils' composition book for Black History Month. She taught George. She kept that? Yes. when hmm. I And it said, when I grew up, I want to be a Supreme Court judge, Floyd wrote. Um, when people say, Your Honor, did you have the bank? I will say, be seated. And if he doesn't, I will tell the guard to take him out. Then I will beat a hammer on the desk and everyone will be quiet. And she mentioned how saddened and appalled she was when she saw the video of her pupil's death she said she went right upstairs and put her hands on the paper of his. I always keep some mementos from my students. Aww. I remember I always told the children during Black History Month, well, we have studied all these famous people. What kind of famous person will you be in the future?
0: Oh, wow, that's really something. wasn't that
1: something and he went and um he had, she,
0: he had to have been a football player or something my gosh he was
1: six six. he was and she said oh he was, yeah, he was six seven and she he was a football and baseball lawyer oh, and was. she said yeah. I remember that he was so influenced by our lessons on Thurgood Marshall and um she said about um some images um how could his dream have turned into the nightmare of being murdered by a police officer? It just breaks my heart. He grew up in high school. Um, he was um, six feet seven, a fine basketball and football player. Um, some of the athletes from his high school, Jack Yates Senior High School, went on to be in the NFL and the NBA. He attended um, South Florida Community College, where he hoped to play basketball, but he gave up on community college after a year and then tried Texas A&M in Kingsville and finally returned home to Houston. He became active on a local hip hop scene in the mid nineties, performing as Big Floyd. He recorded sitting on the top of the world at the home studio of Robert Earl Davis Jr., better known as DJ Screw, the master of the slowed down, mellowed, chopped and screwed (laughs) technique of remixing. And then it said with time, he got into some trouble and then he fell into things. A lot of the people in the neighborhood fell into things and um, he had some arrests and some other things. But he came to after being paroled, he worked at a church called the Resurrection Houston, assisting people in the housing project where he'd grown up. The next year, he moved to the Twin Cities and became a security guard at the club, Conga um, Latin Bistro. I know right where that I is. I know, where he was known as friendly and hardworking. However, however, with the onset of the pandemic and the general shutdown of bars and restaurants, he, like many other Americans, found himself out of work. Yeah. And on May 25th, he was arrested and accused of trying to pass off a fake twenty-dollar bill.
0: Alleged, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, <sighs> it just makes it all the more even makes real it real it to know real who he too. was as a person, yeah, you know, of course, and of course,
1: and yes. a kind, gentle heart, and you hear that over and over. So. I just wanted to share that. All right. Very good. Well, when we come back, uh, Hollywood uh,
0: people are protesting and contributing and doing some other things. And we have kind of some cool uh, stories. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that
2: last. Baker's, fresh for everyone.
0: Free pickup on orders of $35 or more.
2: Restrictions may apply.
3: Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More, Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.
2: Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking. Where next?